When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself And there's some stories I can tell you I had to fail, had to fall just for what I It's did. the final Word World Cup Daily Day 37 of days left in the group stage. Adam Collins with Batush and Ahant Raja here in London. The action today was at Modi Stadium at Umdabad between South Africa, who have already qualified for the semi-finals against Afghanistan, who needed to win by about 500 runs to jump into the top four. We're here for Westfield, London. Westfield, Stratford City, more extra, less ordinary. Vish, tell us all about it to begin in 30 seconds. Well, uh, so Afghanistan got off to their usual start and then tapered away as yeah. ever. Um, ended up posting 244 thanks to Asmatullah Razai and... For a moment, it looked like they were going to be comfortably sure. You know, Gerald Kurtzer did what he did. Yep. It's come in and been very impressive. And then South Africa just let the game slip away at the end there. And it ended up being, I suppose, not quite the Andy Lepitakwaya show, but it looked like we were going to blame him after a good start from the top <laughs> order. But... Um, yeah, eventually brought it around to win pretty comfortably. Yeah, it looks comfortable on paper winning in the 48th over with 15 balls to spare, but they were hard held. They needed 33 yeah. from the last 30. And when that final pair came together, uh, Pellet Cuello batting with Rassi Radadusson, who top scored with 76 not out from 95 balls. I think they needed, as I've lost my spot on the page, they needed to go at about four and a half and over. Yeah, and that went to about six and a half. So they really let it go deep because Afghanistan spinners just don't quit. I mean, I've been seeing... A lot of rubbish on social media since Australia's win a couple of days ago, along the lines of, wow, well, it's only Afghanistan. It is only you know, Afghanistan. Kind of, it's only yeah. Afghanistan. Bullshit. Afghanistan have been a revelation in this tournament. They, they could have won this game. In truth, uh, Asmat uh, getting to 97, not out. From, it probably meant that their 244 was a snifter more than we thought at the half day, halfway mark. They were at about 115 for six or something like that. So they did well to get where they got to. But it's not just the Rashid Khan story anymore as well as he bowled today it might have been the best he bowled in the whole competition to be honest but as well as he bowled it's now become a much broader story there's a stat that Crickviz crunched today about the top five batters for Afghanistan through the tournament they've averaged 150 so make that 180 per match the top five for Afghanistan in 2015 World Cup 98 and in 2019 118 so their their batting group is becoming a serious force and their bowlers who are so highly sought after on the T20 market have reached maturity almost as one, nor Ahmed, the new man, into the mix, but the others who have already been there for such a long time. The experience of someone like Nabi, who can bowl first change today and land it on the dot from the moment he arrives at the bowling crease. Yeah. We've seen how impressive Naveen's been. And as Matt, I reckon he's in my team at the tournament. That's not a bad shout. I mean, Nabi's an interesting one because he started quite slowly. Yeah. And I think there was an element of, you know, you look at his age and he's as old as us. So you're like, <laughs> right, should be playing international cricket, boy. Um, yeah. But he's really come, kind of come back into his own and I suppose stood up and been the Monami that we know he can be. Like, I think his, his most crucial... I suppose it used to be that his most cu- crucial interventions would be with the bat. It, it was almost like everyone's going to fifth gear and he's the adult in the room. Yeah. And now I think it's more with the ball where actually he kind of moves here and there. He, he generally mm. works between the margins now as a bowler. And I think it was... I, I think they found it awkward at the start when... 
they'd lost him as the glue and suddenly it was all on Rashid Khan's turnovers yeah, and whatever yeah. Majib can conjure up. And I think now, well, I suppose in the back end of the tournament, he's kind of grown into this, into this, you know, I suppose into the role that he he previously had, where he's been able to just to facilitate a few more things. Yeah, that's right. I mean, even today when the batting didn't quite come off to the same extent, despite the fact they put on a brisk 41 to begin, uh, Maharaj strikes with his first ball, an absolute beauty to find the edge of Gerbaz. Um, Ibrahim Zadran, who made Afghanistan's first World Cup 100 only a couple of yeah. days ago against Australia, was um, caught down the leg side from Gerald Kutia, who had a good game picking up, I think four, it was in the end, yeah, yeah. four for 44. So they And, and Shahidi, the captain, missed out. There were a couple of soft caught behinds consecutively, which left them, in, as I say, in a fair bit of trouble. 116 for five, 160 for six when Rashid Khan was out. And it was all on Asmat. Now, he started this competition, I think I'm right in saying, without a one-day half century. He's got three in this tournament. He's better his top score three times. He was on a hat-trick against Australia. He was within millimetres of knocking over Glenn Maxwell first ball. He gets Maxwell with that delivery, by the way. We're probably having a very different conversation yeah. around what Afghanistan are doing um, over the next week or so. Instead 91 of, for eight, it would have been, yeah. It would have been 91 <laughs> for eight. That's exactly right. So, yeah, it feels like they've they've reached a, an extra level in this competition, um, beating a number of full members, being right at the end of the tournament. I know they really couldn't qualify today, but the fact that they were mathematically a chance of making it through mm-hmm. speaks volumes about the progression, having not won a game at all last time around, winning just one in 2015 and that was against Scotland, a fellow uh, associate member at the time. Of course, they've become full members since. And I think Asmatula, he, he typifies that. He's the embodiment of that. At just 23 years of age, a genuine threat with bat and ball. And it's such a shame that that last ball that Rabada, playing his 100th one day today, by the way, bowled to him to complete the 50th over, was the perfect block hole Yorker. And he couldn't get it away for 100. He was on 97 and stayed on 97. They were bowled out from the final ball trying to take a single. But he was gutted. You could see when he was walking off, he knew just how close he was to something very, very special against an excellent bowling group. So uh, there's been a lot of milestone slowdown in this yeah. you know in, the, in this world cup and i suppose you know you kind of choose your fighter in terms of whether it's okay for some and not okay for <laughs> others you know some might have i don't know 49 50 one day hundreds the mm. other might not have any um <laughs> I, I thought he could have played this smarter though i thought at the end you could tell they were trying to work it in the in the final over to rabada you know with the last wicket they were clearly trying to work out twos yeah they knew they had to do it in in even numbers and they knew that it clearly got to a point where they're like, right, right we're not le- legitimately going to smack 20 from this last over. Right. So why don't we play for your milestone? And I think they messed it up. I think they overthought it because mm. by the end, you know, he, he could have, so what, he was on 97 when he ended up facing that last ball. He yeah, missed right. the penultimate ball, mm-hmm. you know, as well. Um, it was a shame. That was probably the only time I was like, go on, do it. Do it. This is this will be huge, and I mean, not that it made a damn lick of difference at the end, but I suppose in saying that, I don't know. Maybe, would it have done? I, I reckon. I reckon if he gets that those extra three runs, he might be in the team of the tournament. I mean, it's 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 touch and go. Though. I mean, oh, I mean, I, I mean, for, I mean for the match. I reckon. Do you yeah, reckon if, yeah. if a couple he gets a couple away in the in the penultimate over? Oh, sorry, right. And reaches the hundred by yeah. that last over. Then we're having a different. Yeah, a squeaky bum thing for South Africa, who, who by the way, have done nothing to uh, alter the perception that they've got a, a bit of an issue batting second. We know that batting first, they can be so powerful and put so much pressure on the fielding team. Well, they look like different players. I know Klaassen came and went today. Miller played a role in the middle, but nowhere near as frightening as they have been when batting in the last 10 overs and, and doing so when getting the opportunity to bat first. And we've seen other sides... Um, in the final four, especially Australia and, and India, who started chasing so well and have backloaded their group stage by deciding to bat first and making that work yeah. for them bowling in the dew. And that's been 
such a success for them, knocking over Sri Lanka for 50-something and South Africa for 80-something. But um, Australia have had to do it both ways. And I know they've got the points today, South Africa, but if Australia win the toss in the semi-final, we'll put it this way, Australia won't mind what they do in their semi-final at Calcutta, whereas South Africa will be desperate to win the toss and bat. If Australia get the opportunity to bat first, they will feel that is a massive advantage. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like their bowlers look different as well. You know, I think Kurtzer was impressive today. He was he looked devastating against England. I mean, but yeah. it is England, obviously. We know what they've been like <laughs> at this World Cup. Um, but, you know, we, we've seen the maybe in the, at the back end of the tournament, we've seen a bit more kind of nip where, where everyone's worried about where everyone's worrying about Jew, they're not necessarily thinking about what it could mm, do to mm. the seam of the ball. It kisses the surface and goes for, goes through a little quicker, jumps a little higher. But yeah, you're absolutely spot on. It feels like there's something there that you can... There's a strand you can pull out. For a team that have posted super human numbers, there's still a lot more talenty there, isn't there? And they've also got some injury concerns. We saw yes, Bavuma, yeah, yeah. Who, who couldn't move towards the end of his innings. He, he, he missed out on a ball that was a foot outside leg stump that he could have hit for 12. And next ball, he holds out to deep square leg because he can't run. And earlier in the day, Lungi Ngidi, who's very much in their best 11 at the yeah, moment for yeah. South Africa. Um, it might be that, you know, you want to play your best cricket in the finals, right? And South Africa have played some, as you say, devastating, good word for it, devastating cricket earlier in the competition. The high point of that being that they're... they're their annihilation of England. I ponder, I wonder whether um, they're just reaching the finals, not still playing their best cricket. And Australia, on the other hand, have done something spectacular a couple of days ago. It just just feels like since those two sides played each other in the second round of the group stages, a lot of water's gone under the bridge. Could I drop a word that all sports writers use and also hate? Momentum. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose to really dig into that, what you mean is peaking, really. Yeah, yeah. And so you, I, th- I, th- I think you're right. There is, a, there is a fear that with this South African team and the way, the way they've operated and the way they've looked in the last couple of weeks, that there is a bit of that. And, and obviously, that's, a lot of that is based on, on how their fixtures were set out before them. And that's, mm. that's understandable. That's going to happen. I think I'm going to be a bit mean here. Would you describe if you could if you could have that sentence back again? Would you describe Temba Bavuma as an injury concern or yeah. potentially an injury boost? Well, this is it, isn't it? Averaging twenty in the competition, and Reza Hendricks who comes in and yeah, striking at seventy five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, came out and scored that eighty odd against England. They, they are just a, a different side with him. Yeah, and look, I think that with the as as, as Winnie as Winnie wants to come into the podcast <laughs> for the second time of the week, something about us recording in the in the kitchen, Vish. You're very welcome to come through, Winnie. It's all good. Um, although the novelty has worn off, it works once, probably. Not so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on, darling, Winnie. you can come through if you want. Um, uh, the last thing I just wanted to, to, to touch on before we um, jump off this is uh, how we'll probably look back at Afghanistan's tournament. We said yesterday that Sri Lanka, who have been, by the way, suspended by the ICC today, we'll, we'll talk more about that on the weekly show uh, next week with Jeff, I'm certain. But, you know, we're... we're um, yesterday for Sri Lanka, we're like, well, that was a, a misadventure as Winnie uses the potty to my left again whilst recording. Same thing she did the other day. Um, the, uh, the, the Afghanistan story, they fly home tomorrow. Well, not home specifically because that's not possible for yeah, them. Yeah. And you can't avoid that, right? That's the backdrop of all of this, that they've made significant strides in the context of being unable to have anywhere, anywhere, <laughs> any, anywhere near... Uh, the same sort of support they would have had in in earlier editions of the World Cup. You pick up on that thought. I'll be back in a sec. Yeah. No, I think you're spot on. I, th- I think what, what, if you look at their tournament so far, you know, four wins. You'd probably say that it was a success, and then you dig in deeper to the other co- the, the other situations they were in. We mentioned Australia before, ninety-one for seven, and very well dadded, by the way. 
I think though the the Sri Lanka thing, the suspension from the ICC is broadly relevant in terms of that's a situation of government interference. Yeah. We know about the Taliban in Afghanistan. We know about the women's team, and nothing was done there. I think the um, uh, Jeff Allardyce has just come out and said, I think on uh, the BBC Stump podcast that when it comes to throwing forward to Olympic qualification, that would be a matter for the I- IOC, not the ICC. Right. So there's there's an element of, of different things for different people. And there's also a, a broader thing about government interference in Sri Lanka cricket. That's been going on for a while. Yeah, it's, not, it's, not, it's going on for a long, Australia, long with the, time. With the sportsmen ticking yeah. up on the 11. And, and yeah, I, here's my last thought. Um, I think Afghanistan will win a World Cup in the next 10 years. I'm not sure which format... Look, let's be honest, it'll be in the T20 format. But I think they'll maybe not win. Sorry, I might be taking that one step too far. I think they'll play in a World Cup final. I think they'll do something similar to what Sri Lanka did in 1996. I see no reason other than stuff off the field that could preclude them from doing as they've been doing it and taking it um, another step and another step and another step because they've got the goods and that's that's been proven through the tournament. Uh, it's probably time uh, for us, Fish, to reach the final word, Hall of Fame. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The final word, Hall of Fame, is brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. Now, Vish, I've made a point of not pre-reading the copy for this because it's been so good, the ad copy we've had through the tournament. I don't want to spoil the surprise for you or me. I want to, I want to do it fresh. I don't want to let the fizz out. So here we go. Would you like to meet a man with a massive sack who's <laughs> capable of miracles and can dispatch gifts to even the most difficult-to-reach spaces. No, it's not Glenn Maxwell. It's Father Christmas. What a line that is, Shan. Journey through a starlit sky before meeting the big guy in the red suit himself at Wish Upon a Star Santa Experience at Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City from the 8th of December. The experience is free, and you can take your own pictures, making it London's most affordable meet Santa experience this Christmas. I'll tell you what, I'll have to do that with Winnie, believe me. Tickets are going fast, and if you miss out on the booking online, you don't need to go and collect them from your local out of that store. That's very good. DM she and Han Solo on Twitter. We'll put Sheehan's um, uh, Twitter uh, link in there. Say you're a final word listener. You'll see what he can do. So that's Sheehan, as in Paul Sheehan, former Australian opener, uh, with Solo on the end. So she, Han Solo. You can work it out, you smart people, if you're watching this podcast. Uh, Westfield, London, Westfield, Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. I went to the um, Christmas tree um, oh, yeah? uh, putting on uh, last night um, and um, with the lights. And you know, we, we've said before, it's the biggest Christmas tree in Europe, possibly the world. I'm not even entirely convinced it's the biggest Christmas tree in London, but, um, <laughs> but uh, it was great to be out there and see the first night of the ice skating. It's worth getting along to. Your favourite moment of the day, Vish? Uh, David Miller's catch. It doesn't matter, yeah. it doesn't matter if you look like uh, an all-American jock. You can also look like a loser <laughs> by doing a good thing. He looked embarrassing. It was utterly embarrassing. Men that handsome shouldn't be put in those situations. And there he was, flapping of thin air. Speaking of flapping, I love the way Rashid was like sledging Quinton de Kock during the third umpire process. When yeah. Dana, like, this is another thing with Afghanistan. They're lippy. 
And oh, yeah. I, I'm all about it. You saw the David Warner in the uh, Rashid Rashid the other day, yeah. yeah. And it's not just Rashid, by the way. There was about seven of them um, going at Quinton de Kock, going, you're out here, mate. Fuck off. You've got... <laughs> or words to that effect. Maybe not fuck off, but you know what I'm trying to say. But that's all part of it. That it, you know, they were. I remember interviewing Amin al-Islam, who he captained Bangladesh to the 99 World Cup uh, in another program that I made. And he said that Steve Waugh was so delightful when they went to Buckingham Palace. He was a perfectly sweet and generous um, contemporary, right? Mm-hmm. Fellow international captain. When they played Australia, War sledged him for the whole time he was out there relentlessly, right? You know, and that was the dynamic, the little brother, big brother thing. Afghanistan are turning that on their head. Um, uh, Kirtia's celebration when he got um, Ibrahim Zadran caught behind down the leg side, it's like he won the weightlifting at the Olympic Games. <laughs> Absolutely went for he's, it. He's quite, uh, he's definitely um, a Marmite character, isn't he? Yeah. Love him if he's playing for your team. Yeah. I think, I think I'm into him. I think I like the fact that he's so over the top. It's hard. Yeah. Hard not to be. Uh, and oh, one that's not related to this game, but the Commercial Club Hotel, the final word, home ground in Melbourne. With their food, they've been putting out on counter meals um, during the week since Australia's win the other day. Uh, they're marking in source on the plate 201, not out, <laughs> as a tribute to Glenn Maxwell. So Paddy and the team at the Commercial Club, we will see you soon, no doubt. Um, that's it. That's our show today. Tomorrow there are two episodes one with me and Cam, one with Jeff and somebody. Australia are playing Bangladesh in the early game. England are playing Pakistan. Vish, that's correct, isn't it? In the late that game. That is, yes. And yeah, the yeah, final yeah. game of the group stage is when the Dutch play India on Sunday. Daily podcasts, one and all. Our history show is also in the feed. Storytime 158. Thank you for being a great co-host through the tournament. We'll hear from Vish again on the feed soon. He's the associate editor on ESPN Quick Info, as if you didn't know that. Um, I'm Adam Collins. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Westfield, London, Westfield, Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. The Proteus to play Australia in the semis. Bye-bye. Afghanistan. I had to get-